This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, Rachel Campos Duffy. Thank you, Sean. It's so great to be back at our kitchen table. And today at our kitchen table, we have none other than the great Miranda Devine. I mean, who could we have better on well, a week like this? Well, all the Twitter news, there's no one better than Miranda to break it all <laughs> down about what's going on as as Twitter pre Elon Musk is being exposed. So Miranda, great to uh, be with you on From the Kitchen Table. We appreciate you joining us. Oh, fantastic to be with you both. I'm a big fan and um, I loved your Christmas book, which I, I got for my husband and loved. Oh, thank, thank you. you so well, much. listen, I we had you on Fox and Friends this weekend and we, we all thought it was a big get. And now we have you on the podcast. Nobody, Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday was so much. We can't get enough of you. You wrote the the laptop from hell. You are, you know, probably the most informed person on this topic. So tell us what is the latest that you're hearing about this, about these leaks and how it's being received um, in general by the media. I think it's at this point kind of hard for them to ignore it. Yes. Look, I, I think, you know, as the sort of dust has settled, um, I think that the general outcome is that, you know, a lot of people on the conservative side are very grateful to Elon Musk for at least, you know, trying to get some more truth and fairness into a very important um, social media platform. And uh, he's come right out and said that it was a big mistake to censor the New York Post back in 2020 before the election. And he said that Twitter was acting as an arm of the DNC. So that's all correct. Um, and he's also said that the censorship of the Post amounted to election interference. So we know all that. That's great. But he hasn't really moved the dial forward in terms of the material that he uh, let out on Friday night through journalist Matt Taibbi. There's nothing about the FBI, and that really is the missing link. That is the most crucial link, and I think it's an area that that the Republican House has to really investigate and get to the bottom of. Um, there is some oh. deep corruption in the FBI, and uh, that was evident throughout the Russia collusion hoax, and it was evident in the suppression and censorship of the New York Post story about the Hunter Biden laptop before the 2020 election. And that was, we know Twitter and Facebook, but probably Google as well, because they were getting exactly the same FBI briefings. In fact, there are about 12 social media companies. Reddit was another one uh, off from memory, LinkedIn as well. The FBI was giving these same bogus briefings pre-bunking the story that they knew was coming out that was going to be detrimental to Joe Biden based on emails on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. They knew it was coming. They knew it was coming in October. They knew, I'm pretty sure, they knew that it was coming in the New York Post. So they went around pre-bunking that story and telling all the social media uh, giants that 
um, when they saw a story about Hunter Biden, that that was hacked material. It was Russian disinformation. And what are, the, what, what are they going to do? Are they going to take it down? They actually went through the scenarios. Will you take it down? Will you censor the material? Or do we have to come at you with a subpoena? Wow. So we know that they had the laptop for like 10 or 11 months before that story came out. The FBI, you mean? Yeah, the FBI. Um, had that laptop 10 or 11 months before the New York Post story. Um, the laptop repairman, we had him on Fox and Friends this weekend. He said to He's us, a hero. He is a hero. Absolutely. They tried to destroy him. He feels so many people vindicated you, um, you know, Rudy Giuliani, the laptop repairman. Um, so many people vindicated by the story. But he told us on Fox and Friends that he thought that the FBI is clever and they covered their tracks and that there's probably nothing, you know, no, no emails between the government on Twitter uh, and Twitter officials um, asking them to censor the story. You came on and you disagreed. You think that there is. And you questioned if I if I recall correctly, Miranda, that Matt Taibbi and, you know, has some criteria around how he's releasing the information and you were worried about that. Do, can you explain Hello. that further? Yes. So Matt Taibbi, the Substack journalist who was entrusted by Elon Musk to release that information last Friday, uh, he he basically has said on his Substack that he was subject to certain conditions before he was allowed to look at that material. And so that begs the question, what were the conditions? My feeling is that the FBI was so heavily involved, there definitely is digital information. There will be calendar entries of the weekly FBI meetings that Twitter had to have. There will be uh, Slack discussions or whatever communications device uh, they use internally, staff to talk to each other, particularly since, remember, at this time, a lot of them were working remotely. So there will definitely be a digital trail of conversations about what the FBI was warning Twitter about, which was in their in inverted commas, a hack and leak operation by, quote, state actors, meaning Russia, and involving Hunter Biden now and in October. So I, I cannot believe that there is not information at least alluding to that going between people at Twitter who are part of this enormous team of, they call them, I think, trust and security, uh, the content moderation, basically the censors. I cannot believe that they were not having conversations about what um, what they'd been told because they needed to ensure that every member of that team was alert to this hacked material whenever it arrived. Um, so I, I, I think it's really curious that that wasn't part of Matt Taibbi's first dump of information. And my completely, it's, it's a complete guess. I have no evidence for this. But because James Baker, the former chief lawyer of the FBI, who had to leave in disgrace, having been implicated in every single Russia collusion uh, stunt that the FBI pulled on Donald Trump. Uh, he finally left and wound up, what a coincidence, Where? at Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> yeah, five months before the election. Uh, you're, in, you're, you're in the news business. And what, what I find fascinating is now how all of these liberals are trying to dismiss the story 
or apologize for the story. And Randy, you're hearing my little Valentina who's playing <laughs> in the background. And she's kind of sick. So I apologize That's for cute. that. This We're at our kitchen table. This is how we roll here at our podcast. But the, 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 the conversation today by the left seems to be all about disinformation. And when we look at all the big stories that have come out over the course of the last several years and the, the disinformation claims are all wrong. And it's actually the left. It's been the media whether it was the Russia hoax or it's, you know, the fake, the, 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 the fake Hunter Biden laptop story, all of their distant, the, the, the disinformation is coming from them always, but they continue with this idea that they are the, 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 the guardians of truth and we should look to them about, you know, what's in, truthful and what's disinformation. Well, that's just their MO. That is what the left does. They are the masters of psychological projection. So they accuse you of what they themselves are doing. They accuse yeah. you of their own sins and they get away with it because most people, especially in America, are not used to liars. You know, people who just mm -hmm. lie as easily as breathing. Uh, most of us, you know, feel guilty or blush or you know, stammer or give away something when we're lying. But when you're a practiced and congenital liar, uh, like I dare to say our president, um, it, it's just it, 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 there are no tells, uh, there's nothing there, there's no shame. It's all um, they feel uh, lying is just another way of communicating and it's a way that they win the argument every time because there is no conscience uh, all they do is commit crimes, you know, political crimes, say, uh, maybe real ones, commit crimes and then accuse their ha hapless opponents of committing those crimes. Then their hapless opponents are busy saying, no, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. No, I'm a good person, please. You know, they spend their whole time defending themselves and the Democrats are laughing. And, you know, that was why Donald Trump, for all his flaws, was so successful, because he just didn't buy into it. He didn't care. They could call him whatever they liked and he would just bulldoze on and not be distracted. And so I think the Republican Party needs to, I guess, get a bit of a tougher hide, uh, the politicians yes. there. And they also need to move ahead with a really positive vision. Uh, I just had lunch um, with Nigel Farage, who's, you know, the British um, great leader who brought Brexit, made Brexit happen. Um, he's, you know, in dismay about the state of the Western world, although there are bright spots like um, the president of Italy, Georgia, Mil Milano, I think she's called. Um, and, you know, it, this is, this is, I think, what needs to happen for 2024 is he's saying America needs to get the the voting system right, the electoral, mm. the changes that the Democrats made needs to need to fix it in every state, or otherwise, you know, they'll lose twenty twenty four. But also, there's something about leadership. You really need leadership that isn't distracted, that isn't worried about being called a racist or whatever else, and that puts forward a really positive, optimistic vision for the future. And that will win over you know, those straggling voters and, and hopefully overwhelm the, the sort of vote rigging that's going on in, in battleground states. Yeah, I mean, speaking of vote, vote rigging, um, this is a quote from Blake Masters, who was a senatorial candidate in Arizona. He said, any candidate 
who explained how big tech put its thumb on the scale was called an election denier. But the simple truth is that the Hunter Biden laptop censorship put Biden into the into the White House. Full stop. What do you make of that? He's right. Look, it was just one of many uh, issues that, uh, you know, the Democrats cleverly parlayed into victory. Um, I think Molly Hemingway outlines a lot of them very well in her book. But when it comes down to the the New York Post story about the Hunter Biden laptop, absolutely that would have made a difference. We know from it was a close election. It was a very close election and and, um, the Media Research Centre has done polls after the election and it found that something like, I can't remember the exact numbers, maybe 15% of voters of Biden Biden voters would have changed their vote had they known about the corruption that was exposed in our story, our series of stories. And um, you know, in a in an election that was won in, I think, three battleground states by, what, 30,000 votes? I mean, a tiny number of votes. That yes. could have made the difference. Of course. Of course. And then they say, like, oh, well, we should just be satisfied with some hearings about what happened, you know, with the suppression of the story. It's like, well, no, I mean, these two years have been absolutely devastating to our country. They've made people poor. They've made the world more unsafe. Um, and we're just supposed to be satisfied with a few hearings. Uh, you know, of course, I want the situation to change. Of course, I want, you know, to stop collusion between big tech and our government. And I want these elections to be something we can trust. But, you know, where do we go back to get that? And I want to talk one more thing from you because you're you're with the New York uh post uh, that you had. There was an opinion article today by Rich Lowry, who said that the intel officers who said that this was disinformation are more blameworthy than even Twitter. What do you say to that? 100 percent agree with him. And I'm so glad that he's gone back to that. Well, Uh, you know, we have at the post over and over again contacted those 51 former intelligence officials, which included five former heads of the CIA or acting heads of the CIA um, who should have known better. People like Leon Panetta, John Brennan, no surprise, um, James Clapper, um, Michael Hayden. Uh, You know, these people used the very high authority of that very high office that they held to hoodwink the American people into thinking that the Hunter Biden laptop story was a Russian disinformation plot. They used you know, sneaky language. They said it had the earmarks of an Russian information operation. That's what they meant, Russian disinformation. That's how everyone saw it. And they they put that letter out five days after our story. And three days later was the final debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And of course, Biden used it to deflect Trump's attack. And he used it to get out of jail free, basically, he and he lied. He said that the, you know, these intelligence officials have said it's a Russian plant and that you're the one that's got the Russian problem, etc. Um, you know, it was it was a masterful uh, episode of deception, really. We'll have more of this conversation after this. 
Since the 1970s, working-class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. It, it, it was deceptive. And for me, I can forgive people who make mistakes, Miranda, because we all make mistakes. These aren't mistakes. This is, to your point, willful deception, whether it was at Twitter, in the media, and these former Intel individuals, they're trying to willfully deceive the American people so they can accomplish a political outcome because they're activists. They're not actually intelligence officials. They're not actually, you know, media re reporters. They're they're here to accomplish a goal, which is help elect Democrats. And the, the sooner I think we recognize that as Americans, that they don't really have credibility as impartial players, they're actually partisan hacks. I think the country will be better off for that. And because the media doesn't report these stories, well, left-wing media, you do, Fox does, but the other media doesn't, I think just a lot of Americans blindly go forward trusting these these hacks because they don't know all the times they've been lied to by them. Exactly the point. Uh, when, whenever you look at polls, you see how polarized the country is, and it's really polarized down media organ lines. So if you read the New York Times and the Washington Post and you think of yourself as a well-educated, you know, upper-class elite, uh, you know, intellectual, then you you are arrogantly um, safe in your belief that the Hunter Biden laptop um, is a nothing burger and anyway, it was Russian disinformation and all it's about is um, is Joe Biden's uh, wayward son who's now over his drug addiction and we should feel sorry for him. And Joe Biden is guilty of nothing except being a really kind, lovely family man. So there's half the country actually believes that. And the reason they believe that is because that is the propaganda that they are fed every day. We saw just the other day, Jill Biden's um, you know, Christmas decorations just got rave reviews in the Washington Post the same newspaper that was could just jumping over itself with numerous columns and articles trashing Melania Trump's Christmas decorations. It's so blatantly biased. Uh, it's you know it it's so obvious to us on the other side, but to Washington Post readers, they believe that Joe Biden has wonderful taste and that Melania uh, Trump yeah. doesn't. You know yeah. and. So, so I, I think, you know, that is the problem, Sean. The media is lying. It's a, it's not, it's not journalism anymore. It is propaganda worthy of Pravda. They give themselves Pulitzer prizes. They, they ran the Russia hoax for 
you know, all those years and crippled the Trump administration. They told half the country that Trump is an existential threat. They never reported on any of his presidency's successes. And uh, and they've turned January 6th into something that was worse than 9-11. Just this week, uh, we had the that ceremony uh, the Capitol Police had in Washington, D.C. Um, and, you know, they seem to do it every year, but it, it's two years since January 6th and that's all that was talked about as if it had just happened, as if it's the worst crisis that's ever happened in the world, you know, and, and you had de- hypocritical Democrats like Chuck Schumer getting up and, you know, emoting about having to honour and protect police officers. It's unbelievable. It's mind-blowing from the party that cheered on the Antifa BLM riots of 2020 that we all remember from that summer where police officers, hundreds of them, probably thousands of them, were badly injured, were blinded, um, where people, two dozen people were killed, you know, $2 billion worth of damage done to stores. Um, and, And now the police forces across the country and the big cities are demoralized, uh, and they're leaving in droves. Law and order is just, you know, destroyed, particularly we know in New York. And there are the Democrats who caused all that by attacking the police and empowering those people who were, you know, attacking and protesting against the police and throwing Molotov cocktails at them. The Democrats are now pretending that they're on the side of police and they're using the Capitol Police Force, which is a hyper-partisan organisation. It's clear there may be good people rank and file there, but just like the FBI, they are serving a political master in the Democrats. And so I am, you know, sickened by this sort of sanctification of that political partisanship and this fake, false pretense by Democrats who cause so much damage to this country when it comes to law enforcement, standing up there as if they're the champions of law and order and the Republicans aren't. It's that projection we were talking about again. Yes. yes. And by the way, uh, the Democrats blocking the videotape release of the surveillance video from within the Capitol. So we don't really know what happened. And we still don't know who planted the pipe bombs. I mean, we talk about the FBI you know, I, I don't think they should get any funding until they find the pipe bombers because there's actually a surveillance <laughs> video of that. And somehow there are pieces cut out. I mean, it's all such a joke. But I have to ask you this, Miranda, because there's no way I can have you on and not ask you. This is kind of going from the field of journalism into the field of psychology. But you're going <laughs> to have to go there with me. Um, and that is about Hunter Biden leaving so much picture evidence on that laptop. So, so many details, um, so much salacious stuff. Why would he do that? What is the psychology between, I mean, by the way, all the people who wanted to hide these lies um, are just, you know, they can't believe that there's so much evidence on that laptop from hell that you wrote about. But why do you, when you get to the bottom of it, is, yeah, I once had Victor Davis Hanson on. He thought there was something very passive aggressive that, that Hunter is actually angry at his father and that he was leaving these sort of breadcrumbs of evidence. What, what is your take on this? Yes, look, I think that's spot on because uh, at the time that Hunter dropped off the laptop at John Paul MacIsaac's repair shop in April of 2019, he was enraged with his entire family. He was 
just furious. He felt that they were throwing him under the bus in order to neutralise the damage that he would do to Joe Biden's upcoming presidential campaign. And remember, Joe Biden announced his campaign only days after the laptop was dropped off. And so you can see from the material on the laptop how Hunter's raging at his family, saying they don't um, appreciate him. He's, you know, high on crack most of the time, um, but he's furious that particularly his father had just recently, um, obviously, or, or his father's people working for his father had briefed Maureen Dowd, who was Joe Biden's favourite columnist, according to Hunter, um, in a column about poor Hunter and how he was, you know, a no-hope, a drug addict, and they just have to, you know, put him aside and, and continue on. And and Hunter was furious because, as he said, you know, you are, you are treating me like I'm a liability. I'm the person who supported you. I've given half my salary to dad. Um, all these years, I've had to go and work and support the entire family, which is kind of true. Like, he was yes. he was the rainmaker. He was the bagman. He was bring. He wasn't exactly working. He was using his father's influence to peddle uh, around the world and make money. But it is true. He brought the money in, and then he dispensed it around the family. So uh, he sort of had a right to be angry. Mm-hmm. And, and are we um, going to hear about this in the Tucker Carlson special Biden Inc. that's coming out? That I think you're a big part of, right? Yeah. Um, yes, I think so. They look. They've done a great job. Um, what I, What I love about um, I haven't seen the whole thing, but what I love about the special, this two part Tucker Carlson special, is um, they've actually gone to the Brandywine Valley. They've gone to um, Joe Biden's, you know, mansions, and they've they've sent a drone over, love so it. you can really see <laughs> the privilege and the luxury yes. that the poorest man in Congress lives in. Um, it's it's hard, you know, it's such a beautiful part of America. Um, but, you know, from, from Rand, listening I to Joe... Say, I, don't, I, I don't know how... To, I didn't figure out how to get rich in Congress, but like he did. It's like, <laughs> yeah. That didn't happen for me. <laughs> it's a, it's un, No, it's unbelievable. No, I mean, he's done nothing but that. It's, it's so obvious what they did. Um, it's so yes. obvious that he's the chairman of this corporation, which is, you know, peddling influence and frankly, endangering our national security. I mean, yes. I always say this is not a hunter scandal. I, I compare it to how the Clintons were able to call the Lewinsky scandal, you know, get it named yes. Lewinsky scandal when it was really Bill scandal. It's the same thing. It gets called Hunter. I have to, I, sometimes I feel sorry for Hunter when yeah. I hear about everything. I mean, not he's a despicable guy. But the real person, the real danger is Joe Biden, and he is compromised and he has actually affected policies that are hurting our country because he is in bed with the Chinese. They know Chinese uh, Secret Service knows exactly what he's done. And I believe that Hunter Biden is doing their bidding. Well, look, you know, I think this is where the Republican um, House um, investigations are going to be really useful because they will be able to a um, subpoena the important witnesses. There are lots of people um, named in my book, such as Eric Schwerin, who was one of Hunter's business partners, who was uh, like he 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 actually managed the bank account that Joe and Hunter's money was coming in and out of. Um, he helped Joe with his mortgages and. Um, manage, not his mortgages, sorry, his tax returns. Um, and so he knows a lot. There are others. There's a guy called Rob Walker in Arkansas who was the conduit of 
three million dollars from um, sorry six million dollars in two three million dollar tranches from that Chinese energy company CEFC, which was supposed to go to the Bidens. So the Republicans have got access to a money trail, subpoena power that no journalist has. So they will be able to tell us. Um, exactly how compromised Joe Biden is, because at the moment, all I found was, um, you know, a small amount of evidence that Joe Biden was financially benefiting from Hunter Biden's um, influence peddling scheme. And Jim Biden, we mustn't forget Joe Biden's brother, who's the original influence peddler back in the days of Delaware when this was a low rent grift. Um, and, and, you know, they brought Hunter in as the protege. But uh, that money is crucial because we know that Hunter was paying for some of Joe's maintenance on yes. his home, you know, building a, a retaining wall or some painting or putting new shutters in or air conditioning. It's very expensive to maintain a mansion with enormous grounds. Um, and then he was also paying for a cell phone for Joe. And um, also there's some evidence of shared debit cards, shared mm. bank accounts, as I already yep. mentioned. So, and uh, Joe you know, and Jill had the keys to Hunter's office. I mean, my mom doesn't have the keys to me and Sean's office at Fox. And by the way, um, <laughs> my mom and dad don't pay. I don't my mom. I don't pay for my mom's bills. I mean, like, it's just well, weird. Right, I, I've said this consistently. A forensic audit very simply would lay out you know, what Joe Biden was getting from Hunter and the money that they were making in these foreign deals. It's very simple. It will be very challenging and politically explosive if the House tries to do this. They're, they're going to be challenged all over the map trying to get the documents. The FBI can get them very quickly. And they do. And this is like an, this is like the easiest audit they would ever do. Right. But they use because, again, they don't want to know. They're instead of prosecuting criminals, Protecting the business defending the criminals, yeah. uh, which is outrageous. Us from Joe Biden 100%. and his grift. Wait right there. We're going to have more of that conversation next. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So, okay, Miranda, we got to move to our next topic because, you know. I'm so excited, Miranda. You never thought, you, listen, he does, he does like the royal story. Listen, there's, there's a lot of, you know. Interest. There's a lot of drama in Hunter, but there's also a lot of drama and gossip in in the the Harry and Meghan world. So this week, um, Harry and Meghan, as you know, are dropping their first episode of their docu series. It's been much awaited. I think they were paid almost a hundred million dollars for this. Yeah. Um, they dropped the trailer right in the middle of uh his brothers, you know, and his sister-in-law's tour, you know, big American tour, uh, really causing a, a lot of waves by doing it at that time, but of course makes perfect marketing sense. And then the two trailers were pretty juicy, I have to say. Well done and juicy, implying racism, sexism um, from the royal family. Hunter Biden could do a story like this with Netflix too on Joe and make a hundred million yeah, himself. Could. I would watch that one. They yeah. do. 
Did you think you, you saw Hunter the other night mingling at the Kennedy Center? Yes, Awards yes, yes. With Hollywood. Yes, yes, yes. That's part of the new rehabilitation of Hunter Biden um, by the Biden. So, um, so what do you make of this? I mean, you're you're an American citizen, right, Miranda? Yeah, I was born in America in Jamaica, Queens, but I've okay. spent, um, you know, my, oh, half my life in Australia. Yeah. So you understand the Commonwealth, and you understand intuitively how dangerous what Harry and Meghan are doing, uh, what what they're doing to the monarchy, at, 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 and it's it's really sullying. You'll you've seen the approval numbers for the monarchy go down, and even in America, which was always really pro you know, love the British monarchy, love the royalty royals. Um, now the approval numbers are going down and and like it or not, I think Meghan Markle is is making an impact. Yeah, uh, I'm, I mean, it really chagrins me to agree with you. But yes, I, I think she's such an awful person. I think, you know, she's Harry and Meghan have been so selfish and so vile. Um, you know, remember the Oprah interview. They did that interview. That interview was released while Prince Philip, the Queen's beloved husband, was dying in hospital. He died two weeks later. And the Queen, um, you know, their co- th- this selfish couple's constant baying for attention, their constant denigration of the royal family, particularly the future king and queen, uh, which is Harry's brother, William and Kate, the beautiful Kate, um, who Megan is so jealous of. Kate, who has not put a foot wrong, who also suffered, you know, a lot of problems when she went into the royal family. She had the paparazzi after her. She had people sneering at her because she wasn't aristocratic. Um, you know, it wasn't smooth selling. It's not smooth selling. For anybody coming into a family, you, everybody knows that. Yes, you know, there so are always true. going to be aunts and cousins or, you know, mothers-in-law or whoever who who's, who are difficult and you have to win over. And that's exactly what Kate has done by just never putting a foot wrong, being a wonderful wife and a wonderful mother and working very hard. And um, and Megan just goes in or Megan um, goes in and she wants to be Queen Bee and she can never be Queen Bee because the Queen was the Queen and Kate was always going to take precedence over Megan. She was always going to stand in the better part of the balcony and Megan could not, could not stand that. And look, Rachel, you will know, about this. There are some women who are not women's women. Yes. They are men. Yes. And she's like that. She sees every yes. woman as a contest, as a competition for the attention of men. And um, it's a really toxic personality trait. And unfortunately, it, it really poisoned her against the royal family. And she's dressed it all up. It's pure jealousy. And she's dressed it all up as oh, racism and you know, she she was depressed and she was going to commit suicide, as if she has just copied exactly what Diana had said happened to her so that she could tug at Harry's most vulnerable part. And it worked. Harry now sees her as being the same sort of victim as his mother. His mother was 19 years old and she had a husband who loved someone else. Of course, Diana had a terrible time and it's, it, and Charles did a terrible thing to her. But Megan has a husband who adores her and is her willing slave. Mm-hmm. She had a royal family that bent over backwards to welcome her and were thrilled that they had someone who was, you know, not white. That was, well, she calls herself black, but she's, you know, has a, has a black mother and a white 
father. I just want you to know her babies are whider than mine. And I'm well, Mexican. Exactly. Exactly. They're white passing. Is that yeah, what they yeah, the kids are white passing. For sure, white passing. Yeah. She thinks that that she's going to inject race, you know, because yes. of all the George Floyd stuff and because America is very sensitive to race for for other reasons, you know, slavery and so on. Completely different history to England. And for her to now inject an American sensibility about race into England and into the royal family is so toxic. At it, the woke stuff, they actually are flat-footed. They don't have the resources. They're not, they're not savvy enough or cynical enough to defend themselves against this. So it has been successful. But shame yeah. on Harry to do that to his family. Shame on him to do that to his grandmother, the Queen, who did nothing but provide service to the to the country to the Commonwealth, to her family, to her dying day, she was working hard and her dying days were plagued. We now find out she had very painful bone cancer. They were plagued by this awful pair that kept on, you know, Harry apparently used to keep on phoning her up, asking for money because Charles wouldn't take his calls anymore because he told his mother, I'm not a bank. So they're just two awful people, but unfortunately they're being lionized in the media. Netflix has paid $100 million. We're all going to watch this sordid show. Of course show. we are. Can, and, I, can I throw a theory yeah. at you? Because Netflix is deeply involved. And Netflix, as you know, the Obamas have a, a deep, yeah. you know, um, uh, they have their fingers in that pie for sure. And I believe, and we've all known, I mean, one of the first acts that Obama did that Barack Obama did was remove the bust of Winston Churchill out of the White House. Um, he has a beef with uh, the English, I think, and, and the monarchy because he has a lot of deep-seated thoughts about colonialism and British imperialism and so forth. And we know that Meghan Markle has a close relationship with the Obamas. And I literally think that this is all I mean, it obviously playing off of her narcissism. She's a master mm. manipulator. She is a master marketer. She's won and gotten the best of the monarchy and, and their aides who are so experienced in handling the press and handling stories. She's gotten the best of them at every turn. It's been really fascinating to watch um, how carefully curated um, all of her pictures are how she watches yes. Diana does how she even those did you see uh, did you see Miranda the 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 John and Yoko Ono pictures compare she 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 took John and Yoko uh, Ono images and sort of duplicated them with her and and Harry no um, I didn't see oh my that. gosh I'll, I'm gonna wow. send them to you after this <laughs> there it's fascinating um they're almost identical. Um, she's just, she goes through, she's, she's just a master manipulator. I believe that Netflix, this is my little, my, my little theory. I believe that Barack Obama hates the monarchy. I believe all these leftists hate the, the British monarchy. They believe that it's structurally racist and Meghan Markle is the perfect tool to bring down the monarchy using racial, um, this racial structural racism. Um, what do you make of that? I would 100% agree with you. Uh, the monarchy is, you know, a conservative institution, uh, even if Prince Charles is a mad you know, climate woke, change yes. fanatic yeah. and wokey woke, yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it's it's an institution that it provides stability and has endured for centuries and yeah. uh, is 
is a sort of symbolic representation um, for England that, that really, in, in a constitutional sense, protects it from, um, you know, the worst extremes that, that you know, woke politics would bring. And uh, so, therefore, it's a threat. Therefore, they want to bring it down. Um, and uh, they'll do it using any tool possible. And, I, and for Obama, it would be just like tearing, um, you know, wings off a fly. It's just something fun to play around with and they encourage Megan. Um, you know, she's she's des- she was desperate as a, you know, Z-grade actress uh, who never could get a foothold in Hollywood and now she's come back to Montecito as a, you know, a, a princess and uh, she gets to dine with George and Amal Clooney. She's, uh, you know, rubbed shoulders. She's, you know, with Oprah and all the Hollywood celebrities and yeah. she just, she's, she's arrived. And so she now has tickets on herself, ideas above her station. She really thinks she's a political player. And uh, remember when she rang those Democrats and uh, weighed in last year on some, I can't remember what it was, some, some piece of legislation, she was phoning them individually. Uh, and, yes. and, you know, there's talk that she wants to run for president. Yeah, she sees herself as a as a as a major power player here in America. Do you think that uh, the that ki- the King Charles will take away their titles? I certainly hope so. He ought to. It, let's see what happens in this Netflix show. But also uh, Prince Harry's book, um, which is called Spare. It's a turn on the air and the spare, which people always called the two of them. Um, and, uh, you know, a kind of a self-loathing title to choose. So that's apparently meant to have a lot of explosive uh, ac- accusations against the royal family. And apparently they pushed back, it was supposed to be published in November, it's sort of around the same time as the Netflix documentary, but they pushed it back to January um, reportedly, I don't know if this is true, but it's certainly been reported uh, after the Queen died because they didn't want to be accused of, um, you know, sullying her memory so soon after her death. It's only been three months since her death. Anything they do to sully her memory is just going to cement their unpopularity with the British public. The Queen is just so loved by the British and Meghan and Harry's popularity has sunk so low. Um, it's not quite as low as Prince Andrew, you know, um, yeah. Epstein's mate, uh, but, you know, he, he did some pretty bad things. It's almost there. It's almost at rock bottom. And when this yeah. Netflix documentary comes out, I'm sure it'll be worse. It looks like yeah, they want to be famous. I think they want to make their home in America. And you see their numbers rising, Harry and, yeah. and, yeah. and Megan's numbers rising here. Filthy, I think- rich. And they're, I mean, They've done it because they're victims, Miranda. I mean, that, that Americans like, oh, you poor victims. How do you how do you deal with this? And they're <laughs> this mansion mansions in and yes. servants. And, and by the way, private jets. Well, FoxNews.com has a headline that says eco activists, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle <laughs> picture leaving private jet on way to gala giving sustainability award. And the hypocrisy is so great. And for me, I get so frustrated with these people, even from, you know, Charles himself. They're left-wing environmentalist crazies, and and I get the I get you guys' conversation on the historic nature of the monarch and and the stability because from the, the from Western the monarch. civilization. Yes, but what and I mentioned this in last week's podcast. I'm just going to say it again. Everything that they represent are the very ideas that 
are going to take down Western civilization. The yes, leaders now have embodied, they don't know how to play the woke game. Uh, uh, Prince Charles does, doesn't, but they're embodying all the ideas that I think will destroy Western civilization, will destroy economies, will destroy freedom and free enterprise. And for me, I say in this Christmas season, bah humbug. Yeah, I mean, Sean yeah. has no sympathy for them. And it's true. I think that you're right. They, they I, I, He's supposed to be the, you know, uh, head of the Church of England. Everyone knows he's not religious. Um, his religion is environmentalism, or King Charles. But I think that the monarchy is in real danger of being taken down by a B-list, C-list actress um, who I think is going to bring, you'll see in this documentary, we'll see, Miranda, we'll have to come back and, and have you after the docuseries comes out and the book. Um, but I think she's going to use race as her card. I think she's working in conjunction with um, the Obamas yeah. to bring down the monarchy in the very least to sully it and take it down multiple notches. Um, because that is what the liberals do. They tear things down, even thousand year, you know, institutions like this. And she's she she was dangerous. And I think that the queen and everybody who was a little bit wary of her were right to be wary. Uh, but I think she's a formidable force um, in bringing down this monarchy. Last word, Miranda. Yes, I agree. And uh, look, I think the the royal family is um, aware of this. We just got word that Prince William has said gloves are off he will um instead of just keeping a you know turning the other cheek and keeping a dignified silence he is going to rebut every lie uh, already i think someone's counted something like 17 lies in the oprah um interview and uh in, in the netflix previews there are probably the same number of lies and distortions so let's fact check the netflix series yes. let's make sure that the American people do not get sold on the myth of St. Megan and St. Harry. They're really bad people. Uh, anybody and any wife who would poison her husband against a brother that he got on so well with and had suffered so greatly through all those tribulations of their family and losing their mother and so on, to destroy that relationship is just criminal. I don't know how a wife could do that. And to me, it's Prince true. Harry looks miserable all the time. She took him out of his country, his family, the only job he's ever known, um, and put him into this alien environment where he's trying to do yoga and meditation and all these crystals <laughs> and this crazy you know, therapy. It's not good for him. He looks terrible. I, I agree. He looks miserable. He's never been less good looking. I, I couldn't agree. I think a bad wife bad life. Um, he's not doing well and and he's not attractive anymore. I mean, like literally <laughs> this beta thing that he's got going on. It's just yeah. miserable. It's miserable. They remind me of Willy Wonka, the movie where they had the, the little girl who got caught in, I think it was the apple tester and she was a bad apple and it dumped her in the, the yeah. trash bin. These two are really bad apples. They are um, bad apples. would not pass Willy Wonka's <laughs> test. <laughs> so no, I, I should watch that again. Well, Miranda, Christmas. I can't thank you enough for indulging us in both of these hot salacious topics you've been um somebody i deeply and greatly admire as do i um i just I, I say i always say the great miranda divine and i i don't say it in just i mean it um so you are the great miranda divine we thank you for your reporting um you've been vindicated all over the place and certainly um your book and now 
um, hope everyone watches um, Biden Inc. It's the Tucker Carlson original Fox Nation. And you were a part of that as well. So continue on the story. I really I, I mean this too, Miranda. I wish the the Twitter files had been given to Miranda instead of Matt Taibbi. I'd feel a little more confident about things. That's what I. Miranda <laughs> Devine, thank you for joining us. We're very grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel and Sean. It's been a real pleasure. Wonderful. Thank Thanks, Miranda. Take care. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you everyone for joining us on this edition of From the Kitchen Table. Um, if you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we'd be grateful for high, high marks. Um, and until tomorrow, when we go solo, Rachel and Sean podcast, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.